Welcome to Human to Human, the podcast. I'm here today with Tristan. Uh, I'm going to kind of explain how we met because I think we just met yesterday. Yep. Um, that's becoming a new theme on the podcast. I'm having people that I meet like within a day be on it, which is it exciting. Is, huh? um, so basically, I'm in Victoria, BC, and I'm staying with my cousin Molly and her roommate Amanda is dating Tristan. Yes. And last night we started hanging out. We were talking about music and podcasting and you have your own studio that you rent. And so we got to go there last night and kind of mm-hmm. just mess around, record some music. I had a ton of fun <laughs> and I'm excited to come back uh, when I come back to the island sometime soon. But do you want to explain how you got into music and what you're doing with that right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing I was going to say is I think that's actually, it might be a helpful aspect. People who you've just met coming onto the podcast because you know less about them, so you might be more intrigued to ask them questions about themselves or what they do or mm-hmm. what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's um, a really good point. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Um, but yeah, as for my, well, my studio, I basically run a studio in Victoria. So I have artists and, you know, just musicians in general who, you know, hit me up in the DMs and say, hey, you know, I want to record a song. And, you know, we set up a time, they come in, if they have, you know, a guitar, that's one thing. But for the most part, I'm just working with vocalists, you know, people who bring music in, they want to sing over it, and they release their tracks, and I get credited, yada, yada. Um, But yeah, basically, uh, the way I got started doing that, um, I guess in the grand scheme of things, is when I was in high school, I, you know, sort of picked up an interest in rap music and, like, rapping, But I, you know, I was at the time sort of fiddling around with this program. Some of you might know it called FL Studio. And I was making things like electronic beats. You know, it was like, God, it would have been like 2011 or 2012. So that was when like... a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, that was when like Skrillex was, you know, the biggest thing on the planet. And, you know, everyone was listening to or like trying to become the next DJ, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, that seems cool. Sort of hopped on the bandwagon, started, you know, putting little melodies together and throwing drums over top of it. And, um, you know, when I got into my, I guess it would have been second year of high school in grade 10, I, uh, I met my buddy Brad, Mm-hmm. who I don't really talk to or know anymore, but he was he was like the kid at the school who rapped. Mm-hmm. Like he would be, you know, sitting in the alcove and just like freestyling like for like an hour straight. This kid was insane. And, you know, he would post videos of himself rapping on YouTube and stuff. And, you know, it was interesting to see, you know, coming from a small town like Souk, which is just about a half hour outside of Victoria, BC, um, you know, that like, this was a guy who was doing something that nobody else in this town was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I couldn't tell you a single other person who was just rapping and enjoying rapping and trying to make music like that. And I don't know, I found like a huge intrigue in it. So, you know, one time I invited him over and we, uh, we made a beat together. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of when I first started working on hip hop beats, you know, and it was just like very classic throwback, kind of like Eminem, 50 Cent sort of sound. And we had a lot of fun doing it. And I was like, kind of sitting there afterwards thinking like, damn, that looks like fun and something I might be interested in doing. And like, I've always, you know, loved English and creative writing and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of just one day sat down, started doing it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I, you know, would 
talk to my friends and like show them my songs and things like that. And they're like, wow, that's really cool. Cause you know, it's one thing like in Brad's position where he was, you know, he would rap for people. He was almost more of like a performer than an artist. Like I don't mean to divide those two too mm -hmm. hard, but the difference being that me, I was thinking of the track of like, okay, how can I like record this and like put it out there in, you know, the same way that, any other rap artist is doing, right? Mm -hmm. um, who's on like a label or something like that, like get my stuff on iTunes type thing. And um, so, you know, that was like a huge, uh, I mean, first of all, a massive learning curve because, yeah. you know, trying to, like there's so much stuff you have to think about when you're recording music. There is like, even if it's just your vocals, you know, if you're singing, of course, you're thinking about your pitch, you're thinking about your tone. So like, how do you sound? Do you sound really nasally or do you sound a little more deep? You know, that kind of thing. Like just those two elements are alone or something, you know, huge to tackle. Some people um, sadly are born tone deaf, which kind of basically means, you know, you sing in the shower, but you sort of sound like a scratched record version of whatever song you're singing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I always sang like as a kid, so mm -hmm. I knew like, you know, I, I just, I enjoyed the hell out of singing. So I was like, okay, why not try and record this? But at least when it came to the rap, you didn't really have to worry about that melodic sense. You just wanted to, you know, sound cool or sound tough, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I will be the first to admit that for the first two or three years making music, I did not sound cool <laughs> or tough at all. So um, Well, I love what you, we talked about this last night a bit, but having like small goals for yourself in order to like slowly improve rather than like you said, you know, people who are like, I'm going to be Eminem and it's all or nothing and that's it. Totally, and being totally. like that, you can get discouraged really quickly and give up. So I think yeah. like it's awesome to hear even within the first couple of years, it didn't sound that cool, but you kept working on it and uh, had yeah. small goals to, to get to. Absolutely. I think also another aspect of it, like when it comes to the equipment you use and, you know, uh, how much money it costs to get good, solid audio equipment, like a lot of people you know, they fret too much about whether they have the best equipment mm -hmm. before they've really just, you know, tried hard to work on their art, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, some dude, to me, who's sitting in front of a piano and just, like, going crazy on it, I don't care if it's a $10 piano, that, like, that, to me, sounds beautiful. And you can take that skill that this person has developed and move it, you know, up and, like, mm -hmm. invest and, you know, get the better technology and sort of work on that, like, its own little staircase, which is essentially what I did. Like, I was more interested in learning the ways of the program mm -hmm. uh, than I was trying to go buy like big speakers or like really expensive headphones or a really good mic or anything. Like I think I spent, I don't, it, it would have been less than a hundred bucks on a mic and I just used two desktop speakers when I yeah. started making music, you know, classic, <laughs> uh, the one with the little volume knob on the front and, you know, I just went for it and, yeah. you know, the more that I worked on that kind of thing, you know, like I kept having these little milestones sort of put in front of me, like, okay, finish a song, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And then you finish that song, it sounds awful, but you finished it <laughs> and it's a song. So the well, next- Well, done is better than perfect, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So then the next goal might be to, you know, uh, introduce more sounds to your, to your beat or mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, switch up your vocals a little bit or, you know, think a little more about how you're writing it, you know, and that kind of thing, like get more concise just with every little aspect of it. Because, you know, there was this, uh, 
There was this Vsauce video I watched a while back. You know who Vsauce is? I think so. I feel like I've seen I've seen yeah, some. Yeah, he's that guy on YouTube. Um, I think Michael's his name, and he's he's got glasses and a beard, and he just goes off for like 10 minutes about different, I guess, like kind of unique science questions, you know, like what kind of things we'll never see in our lifetimes or that kind of stuff. And he had this one video that was about, will we ever run out of music? And, you know, he goes on to, by the end of it, basically explain that technically speaking, given like the amount of variety there can be in like one millisecond of a song or things like that that no we will never like you would have to have trillions of musicians going for billions of years for there to literally never be any more music to be created so you know a lot of people might feel discouraged by the fact that you know there's so many people out there doing it Mm -hmm. but that's the case for everything you know like that's such a good point holy shit yeah because i think so often the time we're like well there's so many other musicians there's so many other rappers you even said that you were like oh it's kind of a basic thing and i'm like honestly i haven't met people who are creating music like you are and if other i've read this before if other people are doing something you want to do that shows that it's achievable and that that you should do it because other people are and that means you can too Mm -hmm. and yeah i was saying to jess yesterday that you know every uh like just if you're discouraged by the fact that you know you might not ever like this might never be like i don't know your career or something you know like there's a lot of people who you know like she was mentioning um I guess I should probably speak more in the first no, person. No, you can. Like, I like you the, I like the, I like the third person. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but no, that, uh, you know, there are people who pretty quickly get discouraged when they're working on something because they hear it and it just doesn't sound anything like what they hear on the radio or mm-hmm. what their favorite artist sounds like. And that's really like the big thing also when you're learning this stuff is that I don't remember exactly what the quote is, but it's like, good artists create, great artists copy, mm, something yep, to that extent. That. <laughs> like, a lot of times when I was working on my earlier stuff, you know, I was just hearing songs that I loved and being like, I want to make that. Like, I want to mm. make exactly that. So I would go to my, or, well, to my studio, quote unquote, which was my bedroom, <laughs> and, you know, pop open the program and just like, listen real close, trying to figure out what notes they're playing and that kind of thing. And like in the process of trying to like copy this thing, not only is it extremely hard to just straight up copy something, but you eventually kind of lead yourself on this different path of like, okay, maybe these two elements are very similar to the original, but then just based on what you're hearing in your head and you go, oh, you know what? Uh, This set of drums might sound cool over that or maybe I'll speed it up like change the tempo a little bit Mm -hmm. you know like and just right away it's like a butterfly effect of changes and Mm -hmm. your song that you end up with might not sound anything like the song you were trying to copy in the first place Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think like a lot of my inspiration came down to just like trying shit Mm -hmm. like just watching YouTube video after YouTube video trying to figure out the program Mm -hmm. and then just like there's this kind of curve I was uh, I've tried to describe to people before where you start out with all of the ideas and none of the experience mm-hmm. and then those two start to cross over and huh. you end up with all the experience and none of the ideas like there's this point you get to pretty much in everything like whether it's you know it's photography or it's uh creating music or yeah. even video editing that kind of stuff like you're like you've reached this almost peak mm-hmm. uh 
I don't want to call it a peak because it's not your highest point of skill,、mm-hmm. but it's the point where you stop having to look everything up.、Mm-hmm. You know, like you go, okay, I know how to do this, I know how to do this, I don't know how to do that, but you know what? Based on how I do these other things, I can probably figure out how to do that just by navigating、mm-hmm. the program a little bit. That's、um, really interesting because that even reminded me of something Maxine said、um, about Pick My Brain, her company,、mm-hmm. is that like so many people say, enjoy the startup phase, enjoy it while you're still trying to figure everything out.、Mm-hmm. You have to search things up all the time because I think that's the most challenging phase.、For、and、sure. when you get to a point, like you said, where you know how to do everything and now you might not have as many ideas, it's like for me, I'm like, okay, now I need to. Take a step back, have some creativity time, some time away from、yeah. all the technology in my own thoughts、Absolutely. before you start creating more. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because I do remember being at this place, you know, like, yeah, when I was, I guess I would have been 17, between 17 and 18, when I was just graduating high school.、Mm-hmm. I released something like 60 songs in one year. Like, I just was going bam, bam, bam,、yeah. like making so many. And it wasn't even like they were rushed, you know? Like,、yeah. I was just legitimately spending every hour that I could spare working on music and just had all these grandiose ideas. And, like, you know, they didn't sound terrible anymore. And by the end of, you know, releasing all that music and just learning all that I had, I was like, now what? Like,、yeah. what do I even <laughs> make next? Like, I can't even think of a single word to sing. Yeah. So, you know, it's. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hitting、I'm, that point. <laughs> I'm curious to hear so what you, what you did do in that point and where you get your lyrics from and your inspiration from, not on the technical side, but more of like what you actually write about and sing about. Yeah. So、um, I distinctly remember finding out who Frank Ocean was when I was <laughs> like probably 14、um, or a little bit older. Either、mm-hmm. way, you know, like I was this, yeah. Early high school kid, had never been in a relationship type、mm-hmm. thing. I mean, you know, you've had, you have your quote unquote middle school relationships,、yeah. but it's like, what really is that? Yeah. Like, we just kissed by the swing set. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's not about、yeah. to inspire me to write some music. But my point being that, you know, like I would hear this, like, this music that would express emotion so deeply、mm-hmm. and so openly while coming from a male. You know what I mean? And like at the time when I was like learning to rap and things like that, like rap was literally just taken over with,、uh, you know, masculinity、mm. and like just sort of、uh, braggadocio, you know, like it was, it was not sensitive.、Mm-hmm. And this was also around a little later, but around the time that Drake was getting popular and Drake like popularized being like a sad boy.、Yeah. You know what I mean? Like being down tempo. Real, just saying stuff that you wouldn't catch like anyone from NWA saying, you know、mm-hmm. what I mean? Like,、mm-hmm. ever. Like, it's just the antithesis of that. So, like, hearing that kind of stuff, like hearing Drake and like Frank Ocean stuff, it was like, to me, it was just, first of all, so, I guess, progressive in a、mm-hmm. sense. Like, obviously, there are a lot of、uh, Drake songs, for example, that. Aren't what one would describe as progressive, but it's the idea that this is someone who's kind of like doing it all. And that's still what he's done for like the whole decade. It's just done it all. So hearing those kinds of music like made me, first of all, kind of romanticize heartbreak.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like being like, 
damn, I wonder what heartbreak feels like. Yeah. Am I just going to... And then I felt heartbreak and it sucked ass. Yeah. So, like, you know, I really was not looking to repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like, okay, I get it now. Um, but when you do go through stuff like that, like, you definitely find inspiration. And I think for me, when it comes to, like, what I write about and how I sort of started, you know, figuring out my writing process was taking stuff that I've experienced in the past mm-hmm. or am going through, but a lot of times it's stuff that I've gone through, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and just taking those sort of tidbits and either like combining multiple things or just straight up exaggerating it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. turning, maybe exaggeration isn't the right word, but making it um, digestible, like, or, uh, applicable to anyone mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like trying to generalize it a little yeah. bit more so like there are you know a lot of beautiful songs out there that are very unique or personal to one person's experience mm-hmm. but you know I always just enjoyed writing lyrics that I thought like could either have multiple meanings or could just you know have the ability to resonate with a lot of different people mm-hmm. and you know when you when you put out songs that you feel like are pretty sensitive and like you hear good feedback from people like it's just it's like it's an unreal feeling you know yeah that's a really good way to put it I feel the same way about the podcast about things I've written before having it come from a really deep emotional place and then put it out there and be vulnerable and have someone reciprocate that and say they enjoyed it and they loved it, it it's just the way you described it was perfect it's a feeling that you you can't even express how sure. how good it is. Yeah. And I love what you said so much about actually seeing Frank Ocean and Drake, especially as a guy, see other men express themselves emotionally and, mm. and be vulnerable. Because I think it must, I, I don't understand the male perspective of it because obviously I don't live that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that must be a harder thing, um, especially with so much music about masculinity. Yeah. Well, and I think just, I don't know, like everyone, everyone knows people. I won't just say guys, but mostly guys who you know tend to be more emotionally locked up yeah you know like just nah I'm good everything's fine you know what I mean like I've never felt pain type (laughs) shit you know so it's like okay dude like (laughs) I, I get where you're coming from but like I think to me like it's it's such a like it's never felt like something I was trying to milk I guess like I've just always been like a a pretty emotional person um I kind of feel like this has something to do with it, but I have a younger brother who's literally just a year younger than me. Mm -hmm. And like him and I were just, you know, inseparable growing up, like Mm -hmm. always, you know, had each other's backs and just we're we're just carbon copies of each other. And I think like because he was my younger brother, there was like, I don't know, this this sort of just sense of like protection and care that I had for like this this person all my life. So like when I made friends who I thought were, like, really good friends, like, I sort of would feel, you know, the same sort of empathy. And I think, Mm -hmm. like, feeling empathy, like, for your male friends and, like, caring about what they're going through and, like, relating to that and also, you know, just, like, being there for them. I think that that's such an important thing. And, like, I've had friends get me through shit, too. And, like Mm -hmm. I said, my brother, like, he's always been there for me. So I think it's, like, important to acknowledge those. Like, there was this pretty pretty funny I don't know whether it's technically that PC way of phrasing something but it was like talking about how there are a lot of guys out there who promote this sort of you know 
chest puffed masculinity who show more conventional love to their friends than they do to their partners. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you like if you let that sit for a sec, especially mm-hmm. like as someone like myself who knows just obviously like I have a lot of friends and I've got a lot of friends who are some who are like that. And like when it just comes to the homies, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you're you're like treat me how you should like treat your girlfriend just minus all of the sexual shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that like love in that sense is very interesting because, you know, a lot of people think of it in different ways. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people practice love in you know a similar way just to different people yeah I guess is, yeah. is what I'm trying to get yeah. at yeah I like I don't even I'm you just touched on so many things that are <laughs> so important and are like so good to get a male perspective on and it's so incredible to see a man be emotionally connected with yourself and express it to others and put it like I'm sure music is a huge outlet for you for sure. to yeah, especially writing about your past, I feel like that. Yeah. Like you know, is it is that a way for you to kind of process things you've experienced and heal and discover Definitely. new things? Yeah. yeah. I think. Um, yeah, it, it's so it's interesting to me because like I used to and like on occasion will still like write verses or things that are, I guess like, from an outside perspective, like kind of might come off as like bitter. Mm-hmm. Or even to some more sensitive people, like misogynistic, because it's like harsh feelings about a woman mm. type thing. But it's more so like I'm trying to express like the things that go on inside a person's head when they're dealing with a conflict like this. You know what I mean? Like when they just can't figure out what the fuck's going on in their relationship or, you know, their partner is just stressing them the fuck out. And it's like there's a whole huge difference between what you do and what you think. And even between what you think and what you say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when it comes to certain more, like, aggressive things is, like, I feel like there are a lot of people out there who, you know, and it's been myself in the past, for sure, who will write about, you know, pretty, like, raunchy stuff or, like, just, like, really, like, gritty sort of, like, I don't know, like, almost, uh, like, coming from the perspective of, like, being heartless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, like, I've always, like, especially when I went by my previous moniker tk mm-hmm. which by the way if it wasn't mentioned at this yeah. point <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was gonna say i was like yeah we should mention at the beginning but we'll obviously mention it at the end um but yeah that i go by pitch boy um instagram at pitch boy with an i <laughs> everything will be linked yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um but that uh yeah like i i used to and you know i was younger and stuff like i would just again hear some of the more aggressive stuff and just like at the same time while i love the sensitive stuff i love the like raw emotion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, just like unadulterated sort of anger, I guess. But that is bitter almost from an aspect of like sadness, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, when you're just frustrated with some shit and like all you feel is anger, mm-hmm. <laughs> even mm-hmm. like you just like maybe want to cry or yeah. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've heard. And I think I've said this before on the podcast is that um, mad is sad's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. So when you're mad, you know, you're really masking sad feelings. And That's during real. COVID, I, I felt like that more than ever because I don't get mad, but I was mad at a few people. And then I sat with it for a while and was, was like, like, oh, I'm actually I'm, sad. <laughs> I'm so sad. I just need a good cry. Yeah, no, um, real talk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, just one thing to me that's so powerful is... Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, I actually have a sort of three-part comparison Mm -hmm. when it comes to art okay so 
When it comes to movies, for example, you don't look twice at a director who creates a character in their film that is an asshole or just, you know, somebody who is, you know, to a lot of people just like bears offensive behavior, not necessarily offensive in the form of like prejudice or, you know, racism, but just like somebody who's like, wow, that guy sucks. Like I would not mm-hmm. be friends with that person or like that person just seems like they only care about themselves type thing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't look at the director or the writer of the script and go like, is that you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's a character. Like it is a character. We all, we know that we accept that. And that's mm-hmm. part of watching a movie. Um, even the actor who plays the character, you know, there's some examples where an actor plays a character so well that like you see them in an interview later and you're like, I want to hate you, but you're cool. Yeah. Like, that was me yeah. after watching like the first season of 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. It was like the guy who played Bryce. I'm like, how are you actually a cool guy in person? Like you suck yeah, on screen. That's but, true. You know, that's that's how that works with a movie. And then with stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. I think like think of this like a spectrum. That on one end you have movies, the other end you have music, and I'll get to that in a sec. Mm-hmm. But in the middle you have stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. which is again a character for a lot of people like you can you can just tell when somebody is saying something so outlandish uh that like it's a character like Mm -hmm. the point is to make the audience laugh and so you know when you look at that um it's normally I guess like a 50 50 sort of split on people who can accept that and others who you know look at you know somebody make some really offensive joke Mm -hmm. and just you know go like you must be this. Yeah. You, know, you must be that based on the joke you said when like, you know, it is art. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always how I've looked at these things. It's like, obviously, yes, there is a line. Mm-hmm. And first of all, for stand-up comedy, if your joke isn't funny, then you're going to get backlash for you just saying an offensive thing without it being funny. Yes. Like, that is one thing. Um, but if the purpose is to evoke laughter and that, you know, it's maybe almost like a bit a bit of shock sprinkled in there then like that I'd say is called for like there are situations where that's called for whereas when it comes for some reason to music Mm -hmm. a lot of times people interpret the things people write about as reflective of themselves whereas that's not always the case because I understand that music like I was just saying is a super great outlet for being sensitive Mm -hmm. and for being angry and like all that kind of stuff but it's also an outlet for people to say or craft a sort of character that mm-hmm. represents something other than themselves. And, and that's kind of imagination. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's how I used my music for a long time. And even still, like there are certain things that I'll like just a lyric that I might write, which just doesn't apply to me at all. Like mm-hmm. talking about being or like talking about a private plane or something like, yo, I've never been on a private plane. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> when I'll be on a private plane. Knock on wood. Hopefully that day comes. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, you know, so like that's what I mean is like when I say like what harken back to saying like taking ideas from my life and Mm -hmm. exaggerating them like that would be a form of exaggeration. Mm -hmm. But it's in the purpose of like this song is like outside of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and even something that comes straight from my heart, like it's still outside of myself. This podcast, technically speaking, is outside of you, you know, like people interpret this this medium without ever maybe having met you Mm -hmm. you know and so to them like they they form the the jest they hear but that might not be exactly the you that it is in person it might be in your interest to get as much of yourself out there as possible but at the end of the day like those are two separate entities 
yeah. like you and your art, whatever form that is. So that's that was another <laughs> amazing. Like I love the comparison of all the art forms, and it makes so much sense. And we do take music and and directly correlate it with the artist yeah. and assume. And I love that you compared all of those different mediums. For sure. Um, I wanted to ask like what one of your favorite songs is and kind of the process and of that took to creating it. And oh, one of my own. Yeah, one of your own songs. It's okay. funny because we're talking about it not being connected to your, you know, being two different entities. But I'm curious what you love writing about most and kind of like where you, where mm, that comes from. That is a good question. Thank you. Um, well. I need to listen to more of your songs because I only heard <laughs> Love last night and I love sure. it. Well, I, so I can talk about that one, Okay. for example. Um so yeah, Love uh, was the first song that I put out under the Pitch Boy moniker. And, um, you know, like be before that point, like I had spent probably like close to six months, like just with that name, like next thing I release is going out under Pitch Boy. And that's like going to be me from this point on. I even made like the Instagram account way ahead of time. Like just, I'm like, okay, cool. I've got this all set up. But what song? I have no idea. So, you know, I was like, I would, you know, I'm, I'm always making music to some capacity. So I was always working on stuff, but nothing really like clicked as like the thing that I should put out mm -hmm. as sort of a lead off single, I guess. Um, but I, uh, I remembered it was a Saturday morning <laughs> and I was asleep in bed and all of a sudden I just like, I swear I must have still been asleep, but I was, mm -hmm. like, hearing this, like, melody and just, like, beat in my head. I think it reminded me of a Tory Lane song, mm -hmm. so, but it wasn't exactly it. You know, like, you know, when your mind thinks of stuff, like, it just sort of morphs stuff. Mm -hmm. But it just, I had this melody and this rhythm in my head, and I went, like, I just woke up, and I was like, I gotta lay that down right now. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, 10 a.m. on a Saturday, or maybe even earlier, and I just, you know, it's in my bedroom, so I essentially just got up out of my bed, maybe had a shirt on, and <laughs> just went and started working on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I just opened up the program, and I just, I at the time, I wasn't very, like, like as well knowledgeable in scales and, like, the piano as I am now, mm -hmm. so I kind of just, like, sat there and was, like, pressing different notes and going which one was I hearing and I was like okay that is the one and I kind of made the little melody with it and then I turned it into chords and I put that down I was like all right I know like that is a start and the thing about that song too is the the start of it doesn't have like a conventional like tempo mm -hmm. like the tempo is about this but the melody or like the rhythm goes something like do 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 so there's a lot of syncopation, which is like beats in between uh, hits of the, the metronome. Mm -hmm. So like it, it wasn't conventional at all. I don't know where it came from in my head, but like I knew exactly how it sounded. And like that often happens a lot when I'm making beats, for example, is I will record like one piano melody or something. And then just the rest of the song is painted in my head. And it's up to me to just lay it down as quickly as I can and then tweak it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like the guys who I record with, um, they'll like laugh at me sometimes because I'll be working on a beat for like 20 minutes, but haven't like heard it yet. Mm -hmm. I've just like heard it in bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. And then once everything's laid out, I'll play it. And then it just like sounds like I wanted it to. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's okay, awesome. that's what I'm going for. So I laid the music down. And um, as for the lyrics, 
uh, I basically, you know, I was in a relationship at the time, a different relationship than I am now, but <laughs> I was very, I don't know, just, I don't know, inspired about the situation that I was in mm-hmm. and, you know, was really happy at the time mm-hmm. and kind of took, like, I sort of took two things. I took the, like, kind of sad tone of the song from things that I'd felt before. Like, there are just little, like, the lyrics in it, they're not complex by any means, but Mm -hmm. there are certain lyrics sprinkled in there which, like, just directly relate to things happening to me at the time or that had happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I just want, like, if I was going to call this song Love, because the chorus is literally just love, love, love. Like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's, I I think I rhyme love with itself, like, three times. (laughs) It is not lyrically complex. So I knew, to me, like, first of all, the verses would have to have some semblance of personality in them and like just certain little things like that isn't just like I don't ever want you to leave type you know like you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a little on the corny end of things <laughs> so I tried to give that a little more personality and um just from that like the song itself it's less than three minutes it's like two and a half minutes or something mm-hmm. but um with the way it progresses and you know just the feel of the song itself like I knew that after I'd made it, which, by the way, I was working on that song till like two in the afternoon since like nine a.m. that day, and like hadn't eaten a thing by the oh time I like had laid because I did everything. Like I put the beat out, like I freaking uh, recorded the vocals, recorded the harmonies too. Like I just I had it all in my head, and I needed to get it out right then and there. And of course, I felt pretty freaking hungry afterwards. Mm-hmm. But having done that, you know, I listened to it back, and I was like, something about this is different. Like this is like. I don't know. I, like, for lack of a better word, it was like some form of divine inspiration. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, this, like, something told me to do this right now, and I just had to do it. And, you know, there's there's times where, you know, I, I don't believe too much in getting caught up on, like, the hypotheticals, but, you know, like, sometimes when I'm uncertain if I want to work on a song or not, I'll just, like, think to myself, like, Think about how crazy it's going to be, like, tonight when you've worked on it and you can, like, drive home, like, listening to it. Like, you've created this thing. Like, if you don't go there right now or if you don't do that, then you won't hear it. Like, that version of the song will never exist. A different version might, but Mm -hmm. the one that's there. So, you know, it's, I don't know, it's such a, yeah, a hypothetical mental struggle, but one that's very motivating. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you know you're doing the right thing is when it just falls out of you. And when you just wake up and you're like, this is exactly what I need to do. And it just comes out like, we should be doing the things that come so naturally to us that fulfill us so much. Because that's like crazy you wrote that in a day and then you get to listen to it at the end of the day and be like holy shit this is like how i wanted it to sound yeah, and, and it and it's 100%. there um okay before we wrap up because we're at like 30 minutes i oh, also man. just want you to explain like i know i know <laughs> it goes by quick but i love it like you just dove into so many important things and i hope people get stuff from it i know i got a lot from it Damn, um you. i want you to just quickly explain how you came up with pitch boy because like, the story is like <laughs> short but it's a funny one all right um so yeah uh, pitch boy with an I, again, that's what I go by. I just being at the end instead of a Y. And, um, yeah, so I used to just go by TK, which are my initials. And when I realized for those of you out there who know what SEO is, search engine optimization, try searching TK on anything. <laughs> you will get 8 billion results and none of them will be me. 
And so, you know, at that point, I just knew, technically speaking, I was like, I need to change my name. Like, I need something more searchable. But trying to find a freaking name, as I'm sure you've gone through, like, maybe with the podcast and stuff, like, it's just hard. Like, you're like, where, like, do I just sit and then try and think? But just like music, I think, like, those ideas have to just come from nowhere. Like, Mm -hmm. just all of a sudden hit you like a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's going to be. But yeah, so I was at a friend's house. They were working on music. I had like just arrived. I walk into the room. They got this beat blaring out the speakers. And, you know, I thought it sounded good. I thought, you know, it was cool. It was bouncy, but that there was one little thing off in it. And I can't remember exactly what instrument or whatever it was, but it was one of the synth melodies that was playing because it's on a loop. It's playing the same notes after a certain amount of time, right? And just repeating, repeating. I could hear there was one note that just sounded out of scale. And that's the thing is I don't by any means have perfect pitch. I think I have really good relative pitch, mm-hmm. which means like I like if you play like a A minor chord on a piano, like I can sing melodies to it that I know will be an A minor, but it's not even like something that I'm just thinking about. Like mm. it's just like. I must just be from listening to music for so long, mm-hmm. like especially just a lot of, you know, sad or down tempo music. Like for me, like just minor scales are like locked into my brain. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was in there and I'm like, I know something is off about this. So when he pauses it, I'm like, yo, sweet beat. But I think you've got one of your notes off or one of your melodies. And this is a guy, uh, love him to death. Uh, he went to he went to school for all this kind of stuff. Um, my buddy Joel, uh, which I think you can find him on Instagram at Fifth Element Productions. Uh, I say I think because I can't remember exactly what his at is, but I'm pretty sure that's it. And anyways, he he was like, Nah, no way, no way that there's a note out of this. Like you know, like kind of with the look, man, I know my scales type thing. And I'm like, okay, like, that's cool. That's cool. But like, doesn't that sound off to you? And he just wasn't hearing it. So we soloed out the instrument, um, you know, listened to it closely. And I even got him to Google search the scale mm-hmm. of, so we could see all the notes that were in it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, that one note was not in it. So we moved it back, we play it, and it sounds perfect. <laughs> and it was actually my other friend, Jesse, uh, who is euphoric underscore music on Instagram. Go follow him. Love that guy. <laughs> Plug them all. Yeah. Um, but he he turns to me and goes, fucking pitch boy over here. <laughs> Just, you know, classic nerd with the notes. And I was like, ouch, first of all. But secondly, <laughs> hmm. And I, to be honest, I, I don't think that at that very moment, I was like thinking that would be a cool name. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. It stuck with me to some capacity. Yeah. And then some weeks later, I was like, that would be a cool name. Yeah. And I think it's always yeah. really fun to hear the stories behind names and why they were created. And that one is funny because he's just like fucking pitch boy. And you were yeah. like, oh, uh-huh. hmm. And then like thinking later, yeah, it's a sick name. Um, I want to thank you for being on here. This was yeah. so much fun. You talked about so me. much important <laughs> shit. Um, so yeah, pitch boy on Instagram. I'll, it'll all be linked in the show notes. I'll also link to your Spotify um, account. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug? I think that's it. Um, if you live in Victoria and you need music done, hit me up. <laughs> there you go. And apparently, uh, I ha- I like to write a lot. So Tristan said that he could, uh, we could do a song. So stay tuned. That would be really sick to do. Careful. I'll hold you to it. Yeah, I know. I want you to. I want to make a song. It'd be sick. Okay. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and rate and review and follow me on Instagram at Jessica J. McDonald. I post every Tuesday and Friday.